0: In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you. Because of your word, because of your promise, we have our confidence that if you ask anything according to your will, you hear us. Thank you for you have answered us again this afternoon. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. But as we go into the study of your word, we receive from you understanding again. We know it's your is your will. So we say, Lord, release understanding to us today in the name of Jesus. Because we know it's your will, therefore we declare as follows. Now I declare, the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in the manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. And that's your portion today in Jesus' name. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Psalm 63. Let's read that again together with our book of Colossians. Let me read that from the New American Standard. It said, O God, you are my God, I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you, and my flesh yearns for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary, to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, He said, my lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Now, this was David describing the desire of his heart here. He was explaining to us, was the thing that's most important to him. That's what he was telling us. And we are supposed to follow the the, this example. He said, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. He said, My soul thirsts for you. Just in another translation. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Uh, David also elsewhere said, As the deer pants after the water brooks, so does my soul long after you. There's a principle that I want us to look at there, but we'll get back to it in a moment. Let's just read the, the book of Colossians we've been reading. Let's quickly read that one again. Colossians chapter 1. Now Paul says something. Um, which verse have we been reading? Verse 24. He said, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Remember we said, Every suffering must do what? Have a sake. Yes. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church. I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. He said, Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me. Now he said, um for time's sake, I just want to jump down to verse twenty-eight. He said, We proclaim him that that's the work we are doing, admonishing every man. And teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now, um it's our school of prayer. So what our teaching in these meetings is focused on the matter of prayer. How are we supposed to pray? Now, let's be careful about something as believers. You know, I want to just emphasize this again. Prayer got results is not the primary thing that moves us as believers. It's not the results in prayer. Somebody said something to me today, and they were trying to emphasize how some, a big preacher was preaching. The person just said, "What? Well, give me your opinion. So, as, it's a video I've seen before, and a man was explaining how some people get results. And then I said this because they do this, they do that. I said simply, I thank God for the results some people are getting. But the reason he's saying they are getting those results, I don't accept. Do you get my point? For a number of reasons. The ba- one, of the, one of the reasons that the Bible says he himself does not know how. Sometimes things happen, you don't know exactly why they happened. You know, it's very important for us to bear those things in mind. So the result is not what we are focusing on. Sometimes God does something for people, and he's not happy he did it for them. It happens. And this example we have used again and again. So God came to Solomon and said, ask what you want me to do. And Solomon could have asked for anything. The simple thing an average Christian would have asked for is money, long life, bodily healing. And of course, if you go to some of our interesting churches, the death of the enemies. Do you understand my point? Now, those were the very things Solomon, that God pointed out that Solomon did not ask for, and he was excited. Now, Solomon could have asked for money, and he would have gotten the money. Solomon could have asked for increasing the size of his kingdom, and he would have gotten it. Solomon could have asked for the life of his enemies, and he would have gotten it. And the Lord would not have shown any special displeasure. That is, he will not express his displeasure. He will just leave the matter, satisfy the request of Solomon, and will leave it there. And somebody will pick a Bible later and say, when Solomon asked for his enemies to die, they died. Today, you will ask, God, kill my enemies. And then we'll start praying, like, let me not insult anybody. We'll just start nodding our heads, and God will just be looking. It's not results that matter in prayer. Some people want to ask me, said that you said there's no need to vow when you want to ask God for something. I said, yes, there's no need to vow. He said, but Hannah vowed. I said, me, I'm not vowing. Is it by force? When people tell me that, I said, but Jephthah also vowed. You know what happened to Jephthah. So vow is not the issue. You go through the scriptures, the people that have gotten the deepest, greatest things from God vowed nothing. Jabez did not vow anything. Did he vow anything? No. So people say, and say, let me just say something again. You have to know this principle by which you are walking. You have to be, be careful the kind of principle by which you are walking. If you are giving the impression that God needs you to do something first, that's when you do such things. So I tell people, forget the testimony of Hannah. not know is a bad testimony. This is what I recorded for our learning. But let's be sure what we're supposed to learn. I don't want to talk about Hannah now. Because the story about Hannah is not the way people read it. People come and they tell you sometimes, you say we shouldn't quote what we did for God. But Ezekiah did again. I say, first, so I'm following the words of the Lord Jesus. But I'm just saying that so to make the argument simple and straightforward. The truth is that Ezekiah did nothing like that. We just we misread Ezekiah. If you read it properly, Ezekiah said, I acknowledge my sins. Then check it. You have to read the whole of the story of Ezekiah. The story of his is in two sections. There was one he prayed, recorded as soon as um, Isaiah left. Very short. Then there was one he prayed when he went to give thanks. That is where the detail is. He said, I acknowledged my sins. So you think he just said that God. What he just said there, he wasn't like, God, I've done everything right. He said, God, I have no other God but you. What happened was that he just took Nathaniel Abassi. And the everybody said, I have no other God but you. That is a summary of what Ezekiah said. But that he had always done everything right? No. Go and read his thanksgiving prayer. Now, having said, where I'm going to all of this is this, alright? Having said all of that, is that we focus on what Jesus said is the way by which we pray. Jesus said, so when I'm answering that Hannah argument, I say to people that did Hannah have the name of Jesus? The answer is no. So whatever method she used, vow, 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 is no longer necessary because something superior has been introduced. And what is that superior thing? Anything you ask in my name. And be careful you don't ever take from the name of Jesus. And we do that a lot of times. We do that a lot. We share his glory. And then... I just pledged and said to God, and people go there. Of course, some of the pastors will now come and say, hm, "You saw what pledge did, <laughs> and you are still sitting down there." Somebody will come and say, "My life, I'm a product of pledges. What they are seeing today is the result of the pledges I've made." We don't know. One we just start asking God, "Now divide our glory. Wait, take your portion." And give me my portion. That's what we do. I'm a product of pledges. I'm a product of seed. My life is seeds. I've been sowing. So today, I'm going to receive seed from your hand. Because, you see, I was built by seed. And I wanted to enjoy what I've been enjoying. But it's, it's not the grace of God that made me. It's not his mercy. It's my seed. And human beings love it. They fall over themselves. Because we tend to have more confidence in our flesh... That we can have in the grace and the mercy of God. I have a message for you. Be careful. I have a message for you. Stop that nonsense. Please turn to your neighbor. I'm begging you. No, I don't do that often. Turn to your neighbor. Say, oh boy, oh girl. Don't call your senior, oh boy. boy." (laughs) (laughs) You go get you, you won't call the boy first. (laughs) The Lord is good. Okay, I have a good one. Say, "Neighbor!" neighbor. Stop that nonsense. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> now, we're just saying all of this, okay, to emphasize some things to us. Now, why did I say we should stop that nonsense? Let me, let me get back to that. Why am I say we should stop that nonsense? See, there are times God overlooks some things. And the time it comes, he demands repentance. And as I say to people, there are people that have gotten angry with me before. Now, why should I say this kind of thing? And I feel like telling them that, you had better learn it from me now, or you will suffer to learn it. And sometimes I've seen people suffer. One brother wrote us a mail, very beautiful mail, of how he did everything to get a better job, a job that he desired. He planted his seed. He wrapped his application with an anointed seed. He planted it and vowed. He did everything to God. And he was so sure. Listen to me. Faith is not how sure you feel. Let's get that one clear. All right? I don't want to teach that now. You can be very sure of what is wrong. It's important. <laughs> he felt very sure, and he planted this, everything. Now, the two problems. One, the job he applied for, he did not get. That's not the only problem. The second problem, the one he had, he lost. So, he now wrote and said, please, what is going on? We sent him a reply. I enjoyed his testimony. If you can cut that a testimony. I said, welcome to knowledge. God has used that your experience to give you understanding. I said, Oh boy, it does not work like that. Everything you have practiced is wrong. You will let, look, oh there's one man who was quarreling me to me one day. Of course, if you want to quarrel and you write and quarrel, you will never get a reply. And only is that there's no problem. See, you don't want to hear from me, you will learn it. That you will learn it, that one is for sure. That one is very, very certain. Learn it because God is saying the time has passed, and I'm tired of it. People wasting prayer time because they wouldn't agree to practice what is right. I feel like I've said this so many times, but today I I, I need to repeat it. We don't get from God because of our own works. It's not the seed you sowed that is going to make God answer your prayer if you are sowing seeds so that God will answer your prayers he will not answer unless you are about to die and need to save your life so you will live long enough to learn the lesson let me say it to you again those who give seeds in scriptures that you read those who really give things that produce they did not know it was going to produce like that they did what they did because it was the right thing to do Like I said the other day, what is the reward for righteousness? I said, Christians, don't bother. Righteousness is what we do. What's the reward for walking with your head on top of your neck and not between your knees? Do you care about it? What matters is this is how you walk. I hope you're getting my point. Some things are just right. We do them. Now listen to this again. In the process of doing what is right, we are blessed. You get what I'm saying? Elisha... Uh, Sorry, uh, the Shunammite woman saw Elisha and said, God must be honored. This man is a holy man of God. Let's give God honor by honoring this man. That's all she had in mind. She was not looking for anything. Then she got everything. I hope you're getting what I'm going to explain here. That's just the way it works. Let's bear it in mind. If you ever go to prayer and you are quoting for God the things that you have done for him, the distance between your prayer and the answer has just been increased. Please don't ever forget this thing I've said. I, you know, we have said it so many times. All right? I just feel like repeating it again. God will not tolerate it forever. I, for time's sake, I don't want to start sharing testimonies of those who had to learn it by force. I've given you only one example. There are many other examples I have. A few others that I can think of now. Who they thought that this is how it do- works? And God said, "Is enough. I have blessed you thus far. And you've been g- sharing my glory with your works. The time will come. Things will just start going wrong in the person's life. And of course, because the doctrine is not balanced, what is the next thing you hear? Enemies. But it's not enemies. Please, let's bear that in mind, alright? Now, just, just by the way. So, I, I, I began that by just that is this. I went into that time to explain the fact that let's be careful when we are holding on to results. Let's be careful when we are following other people's examples. Let's follow scriptures, not other people's examples alone. The people's examples must illustrate what God is saying to us. That is when they matter. That is when they matter. You find the word of God first. You now find an example to illustrate that word. The example illustrates that word. That is the way it works. Are you getting my point? So, back to what I'm saying. So, the gospel of results, be careful. A man asks God for something and he got it. Does not mean you must ask for the same thing. You go to the Lord and ask him, What are the things that I should be asking for? That's what I'm going to explain. So somebody has a testimony. It does not mean we must follow exactly what happened in his life. Because we know, one statement I made, that God answered the prayer of Israel when they harassed him enough. I had a prayer, you know, something desire in my heart the other day. And I had a way by which, I prayed to the Lord about it. And I had a way by which it could be solved. But one thing I kept on telling the Lord is that it's not composed real. It's a long story. When I say it's not compulsory, you say, you're not working in faith. I tell you, faith is not how try you are. Forget that, you know. When Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will. All right? But yours be done. He was not praying in unbelief. I hope you're getting my point. He was not praying in unbelief. So I said to the Lord, I said, this is just what I think. Oh. But if for any reason, following this path, we remove a small fraction all right, of the result we are to get for you in this work of ministry as an example I said, Lord, no, please, let's forget it I will manage the shortcomings in the other area because why did I do that? Because I realized that sometimes if you keep on telling God this is important this is important I want to give a funny example if God says, trek from here to Opachime, understand and you decide that if I trek, my colleagues will see me and be laughing if I trek, I may injure my foot. And the loss is trek from here to Opa Chime. Then you stay on one spot and harass him long enough, he will send you a keke. If you reject the keke, he will send a, a, a car. And then the car will take you. Now, this is what scares me. And I know it to be true. And that's why it's scary. Many Christians don't know it. If you stay there long enough, a car will come, take you from here, and take you to the end of the street. And you will come down refreshed. Are you getting my point? You know, feeling happy and say to the Lord, "Thank you. Hey, now I'm happy. You finally, you finally fell in line. Are you getting my point? You finally came to our, you know, our side. Thank you. Say yourself, you can see it now. I reach the place. I'm not sweaty. I'm not smelling of sweat. I'm fresh. And he won't say now. Let me tell you something. This part I said is scary. He won't say anything. Where you are going, you have gotten there. The work that you, you should do, you will do it. But at the end of the day, you will come back home. And you will never know that that trek was where you will have met the man that will take you to Pharaoh's palace. Your name is Joseph. You will never find out. You will never find out. And this is why you leave. And you will be going around giving testimonies. Hallelujah. And refuse to trek. You have to refuse some things in your life. When I refused to trek, a car showed up. Tell your neighbor, trekking is not my portion. <laughs> you will shout, shout, shout. You yeah. know God knows the quarrel. You know the vex. You know this one. It's not. No, he doesn't have any beef. I'm not trying to prove anything to you. That is why I say testimonies. Me, I take them, you know, very slowly. I just, look, I rejoice at the word. It's only when the testimony is exalting the word of God that we have seen. that's when we get excited. Because stubborn people get their prayers answered too. Yes. Out of stubbornness, they will get the thing God didn't want them to have. It happens. It happens. So the Lord has said, Listen, he knows more about you than you can ever know about yourself. He knows what is good for you, he knows what is not good for you. That's the point I'm trying to make. So, what do we seek? That's what we are saying. In life, let's be careful what we seek. Why read that Colossians chapter 1 again? Was that you see, you know, Paul? is interesting. Some of the deepest revelations we have about Christ Jesus. In fact, the deepest revelation we know about Christ Jesus, Paul wrote for us. He was chosen by God to reveal Christ. In a manner that Peter did not understand. I'm not kidding. One of the reasons why Peter couldn't understand that level. Some of the natural advantages. Listen to this. Some of the natural advantages you, you have in life. They are actually disadvantages. There are times you have to pray away your advantages. Say, God, please this advantage. Eh? When are you going to remove it? Or the hindrance as it is, Lord, we have to overcome it. Joseph was loved by his father very well. That was why he would never have entered his destiny. So God said, okay, for every dose of love, I give you an ounce, uh, another dose of hatred from your brothers. That was what helped him. What am I to say? Peter's natural advantage, one, he was a Jew. And two, he knew Jesus physically. It was a disadvantage to, to re-revelation. You know, many of us think that, ah, if Jesus was here, it would have been nice to follow him. I hope you know, the book of James you have was written by a brother to Jesus. Not the first James. The first James was killed. The one that wrote that book of James, the brother of Jesus, did not believe in him while he was alive. Jesus had to die for that one to believe. It was one of those that was come, coming with Mary to come and remove him from ministry. He don't decrease. <laughs> it was when Jesus died, he finally believed. So if you think Jesus was alive, you will have believed in him. better be thanking God. No, thank you or not alive when you came home. Because man for not believe nothing. You will have joined the Pharisees. That's part of Peter's problem. He was a Jew, grew up in Judaism. He knew the laws. So you know what God did? Is it, is it not interesting that Paul never met Jesus physically? He never did. All the time Jesus was going around, Paul, maybe he traveled. Maybe he was in Egypt. Maybe he came to Ethiopia. I don't know. Or he was in Rome. But he did not, he didn't meet Jesus once. The first time he heard of, he may have heard of Jesus a bit, you know. One guy is there, rabble-rousing, didn't think anything about him. They come, they go, all kinds of rabbis. Then when he came, he saw his followers doing things, trying to overrun the religion that they had. The guy got angry. Supervised the killing of Stephen. Now, what am I saying? What you have thought was a disadvantage was Paul's advantage. The fact that he did not know Jesus physically. And you will going to see him write about it later in Second Corinthians chapter 5. He said, even if we knew Jesus after the flesh, he said, henceforth, we do not know him thus any longer. That is, knowing him after the flesh is a problem. That's why the Prince said, what was said about Jesus is not the only miracle in the scriptures. It's what what was not said. That none of the disciples, none of the apostles ever described him, even though they knew him. You can't read the words of Peter. James Paul, Paul, and Co. Okay, forget even Paul. Uh, you know James, uh, John, those who knew John knew him very well. He didn't describe what he looked like. The first time he gave a description of Jesus was the resurrected Jesus, which he saw in his glory, glory so great he fell down at his feet as if he was dead. I hope you are getting my point. That's how life is. So, some of you think is an advantage. There are real disadvantages you don't know. I read the story the other day, a very interesting story. Oh no, I heard it. I was linked to a message, all right? <laughs> they said one man, he couldn't read, he couldn't write. So because of that, I went to look for a very low-level job, which was as a janitor in a building, a big building. So he applied for a job as a janitor. He got there. They liked him. They interviewed him. They said, you are very good for the job. So the job is yours. Sign here. Then he explained that I can't even sign my name. Ah, they said, is that how bad is your illiteracy is? Just sign here that you are taking the job. You know the way it is. Accept the job. He said, "I can't write at all." So they took the job away from him. He left there. Yes, he had to go and start a business. So in the business he did, he became a multi-millionaire. And he's an Englishman, in pounds. So one day they were not, much later in life, they were not interviewing him. He said, without any education, you became a millionaire. He said, "What if you had had an education? How would I have been like?" He said, "I would have been a janitor." <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to make you look like if only you knew book, you will have blown, you know. <laughs> the guy said, "No, if I could write, I will be a janitor till today." So all the people who made it, many people you know with their certificate got very nice jobs. You know what happens? Because that is why he didn't go far. If only he didn't pass that final exam, uh. they would have. To- <laughs> They would have denied him all kinds of jobs and would have been forced to dig inside, pull on his destiny, cry to God, and God would have expanded him. Don't ever forget, many of the things we think are advantages in life, they are actually disadvantages. Back to Paul. So Paul was chosen by God to show us the revelation of Christ Jesus. Are you getting my point? Now, why am I saying this? You see that same Paul when you want to teach Christians to pray, go and see what he focused on. He didn't seem to remember that some of them are sick. Did you notice that? He did not seem to remember that some of them were poor. He did not seem to remember their personal problems. He told the ones that were slaves, he said, abide in the calling in which you were called. No ten steps of coming out of slavery. He told the ones that were married to unbelievers, yeah, if he does not drive, you manage him. And if he's content to stay with you, just just stay there. Don't worry. Ah, hey, let me explain something to you. Paul had what the Bible calls abundance of revelation. He said, because of the abundance of revelation, that human flesh cannot handle that level of revelation without becoming proud. He said to keep me humble, a turn in the flesh had to be given. He didn't say, look, he said, the revelation was too deep. Yeah, this same Paul, that is, he should have known the 15 steps of escaping from slavery. A slave ran away, Onesimus, and gave his life to Christ, and Paul said, you go back to your master. Ah, okay, Paul, what is going on here? Which kind of ministry are you running? You don't have a deliverance ministry? Ah, my master will have me crucified. He said, don't worry. I'll write him a letter. Your master is one of my disciples. Wrote him a letter. And now we have part of our scriptures. I hope you are following what I'm going to say. <laughs> now, what I about Paul is that, see, if his revelation we are talking about, Paul must have had it. Let me tell you how deep his revelations were. Usually, if I tell you now to tell me the story of the Last Supper, you can give it to me accurately, right? What happened, can't you? Uh-huh. How did you know? You read it. Let's make a long story short. Somebody told you. Nobody told Paul. You know how you knew? That is no physical person. One of the revelations, when Paul uses the word, the revelation of Jesus, he was not talking about, "Mm, oh, I suddenly understood scriptures. The word revelation is unveiling. That is, I will sit down and Jesus will come. And he will tell me, on the night I was betrayed, I took bread. After I blessed it, I broke it. Then I said to the other disciples, You were not there that time. Yeah, you getting my point. And I said to them, Take this and eat it. This is my body. Then I took the cup, you know, and I poured wine. And I said to them, and Paul would say, mm. Okay? Then what now happened here? Jesus will now explain. That's what that's what they call revelation. And God did it for a certain reason. Let's not go into that now. But that tells you how much Paul knew. This same Paul want to pray for people. He will not remember that they are broke. He will not remember. He said, I heard of your faith. And they love you have towards the saints. So I began to pray for you. That this will be your year of breakthrough. Every poverty in your life, it will go away. Did you ever see that? What will he pray? That God will fill you with the knowledge of his will. In our spiritual wisdom and understanding. Are you getting my point? It says, So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work, and increase in the knowledge of God. I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. You know what Paul was saying? See all these other prayer points, guys, they are not necessary. When you discover the thing that is important, even you will forget them the way I have forgotten them. I don't know whether you are following my point. That's what Paul was saying. That's it. How many people this year? He said, look, it's because you have not seen what is important. If you tell children, pray. You didn't educate them. You didn't teach them. Pray for something that God will do for you. Every time we are sharing food, my brother gets the biggest. <laughs> Lord, next time, I want to get the biggest. And that's why we laugh at the prayer points of children. I want the children to write something, you know. You see the kind of things they ask God. And we all laugh. Do you know why you laugh? You know how ridiculous those prayer points are. And the child, she you know it's very legitimate. <laughs> you yeah, are the one that thinks it's ridiculous. Zero matter. When I was a little boy, I said, you know, there are things I remember. No, God gave me that. I remember a lot of things that when I was a tiny little child. I remember some things. But I remember some things when I was a little boy. I said, when I grew up, when I have my own house, and I'm earning my own money. And since this money, it never finishes. You know, to a child, the money, you know, if you, you just go and take more and you spend, you know, you, it, how you get to the bank. If you say if your if, father, if daddy says there's no money, like he doesn't want to spend it. There's no money, bring the ATM now. You know, that kind of attitude. I remember that time. What I told myself is that I'm going to have a fridge. I still remember the picture in my head. You no, know, me and my mates were talking. I remember very two children. That one layer will be freshly fried meat. <laughs> Another layer will be freshly fried fish. I remember. Don't ask me why. Okay, now I know why fish and meat were important. Now, this was the reason. I don't know, you know. We used to hang around the kitchen when they are cooking. And meat that has not yet entered into the stew also has a different taste. So they give us small pieces for being around. So you kept on being, you just keep around, you know. So you now wonder that, why don't they just keep the fridge, just load it? (laughs) But you know, when you are older, you now look back, now in life, my wife will give me food. I said, why did you put that number of pieces of meat? I don't want to eat. You know, you know, they start returning, you now start returning food. When I was a child, they offer and adult. What you like to drink? He will say water. You don't want to fall down. <laughs> you know they are not. They are not asking you what you want to drink. <laughs> There's the adults. He, he says water, and you're like, ah, I want some water. I want some water. The day I knew that I had crossed, I was one day my friend Chooks and I we went to my in-laws' place in Benin. So we sat down. My wife now came and I said, okay. What we guys like to eat, you know, broad food. What we like to drink? So, you know, they brought, you know, soft drink, malt, everything. So, Chuk said, let me have water. I said, no, let me have water. As the two of us said water, I soon realized that, oh boy, we don't grow. Now, the funny part was that one young brother was with us. As we said water, so my wife wanted to remove the malt she brought for one of us. The, the brother said, no, they should leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> And my wife and I, sorry, my, my friend and I, we pinch each other and say, You will grow. You know, you understand? That for now, no, leave him. <laughs> Now, what am I saying about these things? The way we laugh at children when we see their prayer points, that's how spiritual adults also laugh at a lot of us when they hear our prayer points. If Paul will come to where we are praying and he sees our prayer list, Paul will say, This boy has seen nothing. That's what I'm talking about. It's not for lack of you know, diligence that he forgot to put those things down. You are praying for a church that they love to hear your prayer. They love to know you are praying for them. And the only thing you ask them for is that they will increase in the knowledge of his will. You are not saying this year is our year of breakthrough. You couldn't even... You are writing a letter to a specific church. You couldn't write them that this year you will breakthrough. Let me tell you the reason why he didn't. Is simply because he realized that was not what they needed. Why do you start returning your malt? They give you soft drink now. You say, "Oh, I'm watching my weight, I'm watching my stomach, I'm watching my blood sugar, I'm watching." They are watching this. You're suddenly watching everything. So you now find that Dangote, with all the wealth he has, when they see his plate and see your plate, the difference is, is little. Why? Because food is not all there is to life. I hope you're getting my point here. There are things that are more important. And that's what we're talking about again. That Paul said, every, I've seen, I've seen life. I've seen the spirit. I've seen the spiritual. I've seen angels. I've seen the Lord. I have the ability. <laughs> if I tell my wife, I said, hey, if God asks me, say, Banky, what can I do for you? Now, I was just telling her the other day. I said, okay, what do I want? I said, I want to see things from above. I am tired of seeing them from below. I don't know whether you get my point. What I mean is that, let me have heaven's perspective to everything. Can you imagine? They are beating Jesus, beating, beating. Because he had heaven's perspective, all he could say is, Father, forgive them. Women were crying. Ah, ah, ah. He said, oh, these women are compassionate. That's why I like women. You people are good people. Look at them and say, don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves. Cry for your children. Why? He saw things from heaven's perspective. In Nigeria today, when we are making a lot of noise, Boko Haram, Headsmen, all those crises. That's why I said, look, look, last election, I was, Lord have mercy, all right? Please, I'm not, it's us, okay? So, no, no, no problem. I'm not judging anybody, just us. I was disappointed with us believers. Everybody was prophesying. Jonathan will come back. Jonathan will come back. Jonathan will come back. All our prophecies, we want a Christian in power. I didn't hear anybody. Maybe later I heard somebody said it beforehand. Didn't hear any prominent person that is a serious preacher now who will look and say, bros, you ain't coming back anywhere. Thus says the Lord. Most of us. Why? I, I, until now, we are still doing it. That's the painful part. Our analysis is very, very physical. So I pray to the Lord. You see, this is not just about ah, you want to be disciplined. No. Sometimes I just say, Lord, I want to really know. I want to see from above. That's why this day say I enjoy credible profit. If I hear that Sadhu is coming to Nigeria again, you know, last time that he was coming, they went and said, youth and women conference. They spoiled it. They didn't know that they didn't know some of us are very disciplined. And that since one day, Preachers in Enugu, they formed young, no, not only in Enugu, brethren around, they formed a church group of young preachers and I was not there. That was when I knew my own dawn Cross. I said, eh? Me? That's why I decided to grow this beer so that well, I've settled it once and for all. All the while I was trying to look young, they, they removed my name from young preachers. I said, okay, let's establish it now. I'm, I'm now among the senior people. The Lord is good. Anyway, so that, that one, I didn't go. Say women and uh, you know youth something. So so those who went there youth, said Pastor you should have come. People older than you were the youth. <laughs> That's used. They all came, they all sat down there. Because then next time the man is called me, if they say children conference, I'm going. Look. No, if it's coming again and they say children conference, I won't answer them because that, once beaten. I know that one. They, they did me in last time. I sat down here, they were chopping the word they learned in Lagos. So this one it won't happen again. If they say children's conference, I will go. I say, but you're not a child. I say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, fellow, I'm a child of God. That's number one. I'm a fellow minister. I'm, I came to assist the man of God. But we enter that hall. Now, what am I saying? so? One of the things I enjoy about him is that he gives you things from the spiritual angle. There are men that speak. You know this life is not these things that we are seeing. There are men that speak. They let you know. That life is more than the physical and that the spiritual exists and controls the physical. Because I think that's more important. For that is the knowledge It's important. Men that will publicly announce, tell you who's going to win the next election. And they're not trying to, they're not doing rabble rousing. They're not trying to say I'm a man of God. I'm a prophet. You know, prophet. No. They want to give you guidance. Vote as you like. But I was in heaven. I was invited. And I observed the conference, that is a meeting in which this was decided. And on so and so and so dates, this person will be announced as um, the the winner. On so and so and so dates, this person will die. You know, you hear things like that. And the person they are telling you will die is looking very healthy. And so they will sit down. That's one of the reasons why I don't have so much fear of death, like most people have. Not because I want to die, but I have a level of understanding that these things are not accidents. I have a level of understanding. I enjoy prophets. I mean, credible prophets. I don't mean jokes, jokers. You know, 95%. No, no, sorry, that's not good. Should we say 95? We should not say that it's, it's wrong. It's 99.9% <laughs> of prophets you hear in town, they are fake. They don't even know the meaning of prophecy, of being a prophet. A lot of them are not Christians. You know, you know the, the two, you know, the national prominent one and the local prominent one. You know, those ones. I'm not talking about those people. Even amongst the real Christians, a lot of them, what they call prophetic, operating the prophetic. That's not good. The Lord is good. On that level that they are operating, all of us are prophets. All of us can say to people, it shall be well with you. It shall be well with you. But the mantle on my head, this year you will prosper. Who can say that? All of us can say that. (laughs) But genuine prophets, I enjoy their ministry. And I like the way the Bible says, secondarily prophets. There's something about it. They are very important. Apostles, he put next prophets. Ken Hagee will tell you things like, look, in, in 1959, they were having a meeting, then he had a vision. And the Lord told him things, things that will happen in the body of Christ. And he said, end of 65, the man who currently stands as a leading minister in the body of Christ, a prophet, that was also a real prophet, I'm taking him away. The Lord said to him. He said, why? He said, because he's leading the body of Christ astray. He said, come 66, he will be no more. And this was in 1959. Then December 65, listen to this, they had news. He said, it was at a conference. Preachers were all gathered. You know, news just came that he had had an accident. Interesting. A drunk driver Crossed the lane, crossed the road to his own lane, and hit missed his son. His son was driving in front. Alright? He was in a car behind. Hit the car, missed his son narrowly and hit his car head on. Flung him and his wife out of the car. That was the news that came. They said, Everybody gather to pray, gather to pray. He was about to go up to join the other ministers to pray. Then he remembered. He went back to his seat. His wife said, What happened? He said, The Lord said he's going to die, he's not going to live. There's no point praying. That is better for him and for everybody that he goes away. I still have the book, an e book. One man said, When the man died, they observed his body for days that he has to rise. So, so powerful was he as a prophet. But another prophet has said that, end of 65, God told me he's taking him away. Now, why am I telling the story? So he had an accident. You and I now understand it was not an accident. It wasn't an accident. He was heavily anointed. That when his son came, came no, when he saw the accident in the mirror, he came down there, saw the man bloodied, all of the wounded, broken bones. He checked on his on the wife. That's his own stepmother because his mother, his own mother, died long before. She so asked him, "Say hey, how is mama?" Say hey, I think she's dead. Say hey, put my hand on her, she will live. That's how powerful he was, though. That's what the, the boy put the wounded hand on the woman, she revived. And the man died a few days later in hospital. So we understand that his death was not an accident. Even though a car accident killed him, boy, it was not an accident. That's why I enjoy prophets. They let you understand the spiritual. Today my wife and I, my wife was talking to one of our kids. I said, have you read this? I said, look, give him the story books. When I say story now, it wasn't just storybooks, you know, Francine Rivers, Rivers, yes. I don't mean those kind of storybooks. I mean stories like The Gentle Breeze of Jesus, Like a Mighty Wind, I Dare to Call Him Father, God Smuggler, Adventures in God by also um, John G. Lake. I say, I, I like stories like that. Why? Because they help you understand that spiritual things are real. They help you understand that spiritual things are real. I read those books very early on, you know, in university those days. They helped me. They may not teach you so many things, but at least they help you understand that spiritual things are real. That was why, you know, Paul understood this so much. He understood it so much. He was in prison. He was not writing a letter to the Philippians. He talked good, he talked good. They Say, listen, I think I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm having a difficulty here. I'm trying to decide what is the decision. Are you getting my point? It was as if he wanted to travel. I'm online. Should I book my ticket for the 15th? That's how he was talking. Would I have to depart and be with the Lord? or let me not book the ticket now. Let me tell the agent to book me for, maybe, he should cancel the one he has booked for next year. That's the impression you will get when Paul was talking about his own death. He said, "I'm in a difficult strait betwixt two. I like King James' expression there, whether to depart and be with the Lord, which is far better, or to stay, which is more, which much benefit that is much more beneficial for your faith." He said, "I'm in a strait betwixt two. Mm-hmm. Tired of I'm tired of this town. Shall I book a ticket? Let me go to um, Australia and go out and rest for like six months." That's the way he was talking. I'm talking about understanding, knowledge. After some time, he said, no, 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 I think it's better. Let me stay. I think you guys will benefit more. So I will postpone the day of my departure. And this man was talking about death. What does that tell you? He didn't for one moment feel that the Romans controlled the day of his death. Whether he lived or died was not determined by his captors. The man was on a boat, you know the story. He looked, he looked, he said, this boat will have problems. If you guys don't want problems, don't move from here. They said, who are you, prisoner, telling us what to do. So they all moved. Every man suffered. When they are finished suffering, he said, well, I don't like to say I told you, but I have to say I told you. (laughs) You should have listened to me. We should have just remained that time. He said, but anyway, don't worry. Nobody will die. Because you did not listen to me, we are losing this boat. Everything on it will be lost, but nobody will die. Why are you so sure? He said, well, an angel of God, whose I am and who I serve, he stood before me this night and said he has gra- that God has granted me the lives of all the men who are traveling with me. I pleaded for all of you. But that way all of you now for die for here. <laughs> <laughs> so God has granted me. So everybody relax, eat something, don't worry, get ready. The boat is going to be broken. The boat will be broken. Don't worry. You won't be able to save anything, but everybody will leave. That was assurance. Understanding that the man had of spiritual things. That's what I'm talking about. That's why the man didn't understand how to pray for a breakthrough for people. That's for him. Look, that's why I would tell you things like having food and raiment, be content. That once you have eaten, don't worry. The food is not plenty. I like when the Ken Hagen said, he said all these diet, diet things, is tired. That if you give him food, if he's lacking in nutrients, he will put nutrients in by faith. If he has excess of something, he will remove it by faith. How does he do it? He said, just give God thanks for it. We'll rearrange the nutrients. I told you, I, I like the ministry of prophets. I was telling you. One thing, one, one of Ken Hagin stories, one part I enjoyed was, a land was polluted. Get my point. You know, you, you hear of a uh, Niger Delta, oil spillage and all of that. This one, chemical pollution of a land with toxic substances. They wanted to build a church there or something. So, of course, the way Americans behave, the Federal Environmental Protection Agency needed to certify that it was good for human beings to stay there. So they tested and I said, the land is too polluted. People can't stay there. And the people began to pray. And the people began to pray. And suddenly he had a vision And he saw a shadowy figure get out of the earth and float into the air and disappear. Then they called the, the people to come back and retest. They tested the land. It was clean. That is even chemical pollution is spiritually determined. Listen, my people. That was why Paul could not. Listen. Paul couldn't bother himself with what people were bothered about. So the people will come and say, hey, I've been serving my master for the last five years. He won't let me go. When did you give your life to Christ? He said, last year. What were you when you gave your life to Christ? I was a servant, a bond servant to my master. He said, go back, stay there. What he didn't think, let's join hands. Father, oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. This year, slavery will come. He said, look, my guy. He said, look, if you are the, if you are a free man in Christ, no matter the bondage human means put on you, you are free. Don't worry. Paul's issue was that it's not an issue. You no, know, get my point. To so him, it's not as if he couldn't pray. It's just that it is not an issue. It's not an issue. That's why you know one area where God gave me understanding very well. People come and say, "I ah, praise the Lord. I have a testimony. I'm looking for visa for the last five years, and then finally, and they finally, they gave me the visa. Praise God!" And church will erupt. When the church churches like that erupt, I look at them. Oh, foolish and ignorant Galatians. If it's Nenugu, Oh, foolish and ignorant (laughs) Inugusians. Just look and say, what? You can be excited over a travel document? Why? Because you think prosperity is somewhere. I was reading my Bible again today and listening to someone editing a particular message and I realized something. (laughs) That God said, I called for a famine upon the land. That is... Look, 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 look. People talk, what you need in Nigeria is leaders. I say, you don't need leaders that can't do anything. Just, that's not what you need. When the time comes for prosperity, that leader will come. Whoever wins this el- next election, let me be honest with you, I will not be uh, excited. I will not be decided, you know. <laughs> Anyone, you know, really, because the, the counsel of God will stand. That one is for sure. The counsel of God will stand. Once you enter that office, we catch you. That you, 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 you have entered. You know what they call you have entered? In you know Nigerian English, you don't enter. Once you enter that office, you have entered. When I say entered, now you have entered our hands. You will do things you don't understand. That one doesn't say. I I, I know who I want. No one wants to do political you know, calculation. I will tell you, I don't like this man. Oh, you like this one? Mm. We can we can discuss and enjoy that. But you know the fact? Only the counsel of God will stand. And the man, woman, whoever it is that will win that election has been decided as I no. yes. sure. And one thing that comes to my mind many times, that many people are even shouting that they will not even be alive to see the results. So I just say, what is all of this noise people are making? It's not in Nigeria that governor campaign, 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 he won. Before they read out the results, they went to say, oh God, we are winning, oh God, don't die. <laughs> you know unbelievers know how to interpret that. They now say, hmm, they fired arrow at him. Listen, yes, it's an arrow, but it's an arrow of God. It's not a human arrow. It's God that said, look, you will not live long enough to see the result of this campaign. So those things don't bother me. Do you get my point? They don't bother me. They don't bother me. It's because we have understanding. We read the scriptures. God has helped us to see it. Like I was thinking, That's why I enjoy the ministry of prophets. Because God put them in there to help us see that these things are not physically determined. They are spiritually determined. And when you see those things, it stirs up your faith. Are you getting my point? Yes, you have a different kind of confidence. My people, that's why, that was why Paul did not pray for people that this year they will have money. Paul didn't understand why that should be a prayer point. He just said, look, don't worry. God will take care of all your needs relax. Do what is right. Follow after righteousness. Okay, if we cannot pursue, what we will eat, what we will drink, what do we now pursue? That's why we read that Psalm 63. This same Paul now said that, what am I laboring for? To teach people how to prosper? No. To teach them how to make it in life? No. What am I laboring for? He says so that each man will be presented how? Perfect in Christ Jesus. That is, what does that tell us? Paul has already seen it. That the most important thing in life Is how much perfection of Christ is begotten in your life. I hope you're getting my point. So, David now said it like this. Back to David. Let's just read that, David, again. I wanted to explain it earlier. Psalm 63. David said, earnestly I shall seek you. He said, My soul thirsts for you, my flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land, where there is no water. I need to explain that. What was David saying? It wasn't saying that I'm in a dry place. Are you getting my point? And then I'm seeking the Lord. No, let's understand the context. What David was saying is this. If a man, listen to this, is in a dry place where there's no water. Where thirst is pushing him. What is the number one thing he will look for? Water. He said, do you know the way he'll be longing for water? Do you know how he'll be longing for water? That's what David was saying. That, that is the same way I'm longing for God. Once some boys crossed the Sahara on foot. I read the story long ago. Anyway, they got rescued along the line. I do not know where they were going. They were feeling one of these troublesome countries. They decided to cross the Sahara. So they were going, about three or four of them. <laughs> they trekked there at night. You know what it means to cross the Sahara? Some of you are okay. I hope you have seen Sarah on television. And um, please, don't, those guys who want to cross to Libya, a lot of them die in the desert. You know why you don't hear about that one? There are no Europeans to fish the dead bodies. But people die in the desert regularly. Why do they die? One I read then, the vehicle just breaks down. And if the vehicle breaks down. Look, it's not a new. Don't think it's a new go on the Express Road where peace mass will soon pass on the south. Nobody is passing there. It's only you. So people die of thirst. And you can't move. Just stay near the vehicle and die of thirst. It's very terrible. So those boys, they rescued them. That's my story. They told them, how was it? They said, oh, the desert has serpents. You know that? They have desert snakes and they are very poisonous. They have scorpions that are deadly. They have all kinds of desert animals. The boy said, that one was not a problem that their problem was the thirst that was killing them. They, were, they said the, the thirst was bad. And that's what David was saying. That imagine a man you drop in a dry and weary land where there's no water. Say so you know the way he craves for water? He said, that is how my soul longs for God. I hope you're getting my point. He said, that's how my soul longs for him. I have a little experience there, very little. Not that bad, but one day I had a little experience. You know, I felt... You know, David will have used another example. If, if his modern day that he wrote that, said the way a heroin addict looks for the next fix, that's how I'm seeking the Lord. Because that thing happened to me once. I was in Lagos that time. Th- th- that's portion of my life. I tell the story a lot. One of those days, i had not had any serious word in days. Maybe like two weeks. Two weeks have passed and I never, you know, I've not eaten I've not been to be a serious service or eating serious word. So one day I got to my I got to the office, I started fidgeting. You know what they call fidgeting? I was fidgeting, you know, like a drug addict. <laughs> now just by the way, I like to educate you. You know why drug addicts do that? They actually feel things crawling on their body. Anyway, so that day I was feeling like that. I was feeling seriously like that. I was really No, I was edgy. I was on edge. I'm like, ah. Huh? So finally, my friend came. I said, Femu, do you have any tips, any books, anything? I, I need one now. So he sat down. He said, he doesn't have any here. He has it in his house. I said, okay, which one do you have? He told me this. I said, no, mm, I don't want that. He told me this. I said, okay, born to taste the grapes. Okay. That's serious. I said, can I have it? Okay, I'll bring it tomorrow. I said, no, 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 you can't bring it tomorrow. Well, I'm going to follow you home. I followed the guy home that night. That night, to go and collect, Um, as soon as we left, I listened to the messages immediately, immediately. After I chopped like two, three tips, I'm not kidding, my body now calmed down. (sighs) Ah, (sighs) ah, ah. So praise God. Because I felt as if I was, I was having withdrawal symptoms. That's what David was saying. He said, the kind of hunger I have right now, the only thing that can satisfy it is God. If you give me money, it won't work. Is like I'm feeling like a man stranded in the wilderness, and that's what I want. I want the knowledge of God. I want to encounter Him. I want to know. God. Listen, the knowledge of God. This is like I said at the beginning. Those who have been to the realm of the spirit, <laughs> they know what we are pursuing. Mean nothing. Paul haven't reached there. You know what he said? I want to know Him. I don't know whether you get my point. That is just glimpsing the realm of the spirit. Does not know. Does not mean you have known God. But that has kindled something in him. So he said, I want to know him. There was something um, Ben-He said many years ago. He said, the elders shout holy, holy. The people around the throne, they are always shouting holy, holy. He said, why are they shouting holy? He said, each holy that is released is a response to a new revelation of God. That's not just that you are just shouting holy. He said, when they get a new revelation, a new understanding, they see another part of God that they've never seen before, they bow down again and shout what? Holy. And if you read your Bible, each time Abraham built an altar and called upon the name of God, it's always after an experience in which he discovered the character of God. When Abraham gives God names, each time he will give God a name, it's out of experience. Is having known God in a new dimension. That's why sometimes what we call troubles, God even likes it. Say, pastor is small. Then let me show you the kind of person I am inside that kind of trouble. God does not like us looking for where there's no trouble. Because a lot of it is sure a sign of lack of faith that we don't believe in his deliverance. And those who have been to the realm of the spirit, they know that there's no safety anywhere anyway. If anywhere is calm, it's because God has not called disturbance upon the place. If anywhere is disturbed, it's because God has not pronounced peace upon the place. If God pronounces peace, it will be as if you are dreaming the way trouble will seize. There's no trouble. Listen, there's nothing on, I just told you earlier about chemicals, chemical pollution solved with prayer. The way the world talks about nuclear threat, nuclear threat, nuclear threat, this world cannot be destroyed one second before God says so. You know, let's not get there. If you know the way the Lord works, if he wants to make nonsense of all this nuclear threat, you just call one boy one day in UNA, come. You want to make a name? Say yes. Let me teach you physics. You teach the boy one small physics that will make nonsense of all the nuclear technology in the earth. Then suddenly they say, you just realize that there's something small you can do, and a nuclear bomb cannot explode again. That, that's how the Lord does. Just call one small boy from here and Come here. And by the time he shows the guy some of these things there, eh, this guy will be wondering, why is everybody not seeing it? Sometimes I see, you know, in the realm of science, till now, they still believe that Albert Einstein was that Albert Einstein was one of the most intelligent man, men, if not, most, if not the most intelligent that ever lived. They've tried to check, is his brain special? Is his brain special? I say there's nothing special in his brain. You must understand. When God decides that, let me pass knowledge down through people, angels will come and write calculations for you. They will show you things. That is, when you see, you know, what you don't understand is what you have not seen. If you see, you understand if I tell you I want to describe my house for you, I can speak from now till tomorrow. Eh? Except if I take you there once, it's easy. What those, those people just did, they come to Albert Einstein. Come here. You he just open his eyes to see into the physics realm. And they show him how to put it down in writing. If you know Albert Einstein, all his theories, they are not they are things, they are not things he, de- he derived from calculations, they are things he thought about. They are just thoughts and ideas which he pulled down in calculation. Calculation did not lead him there. He got there first, then retraced his steps and said, no, let's write this thing down. What am I saying? That's why Paul didn't bother praying for our mundane prayers. He said, what should we pray for? We should pray to have the knowledge of God. He said, that must be the deepest thing that we are seeking. I hope you are getting my point here. Let's ask our feet, let pray. Let's just take a few minutes. That's spirituality. That's what people have seen, who, are, who, who have grown. They laugh at some of our prayers. And now you understand why. Because they have seen things that are deeper. And that's why we need to pray. It's simple. Let's start from that Colossians chapter 1 again. Let's just start from there. Or let, let's do Psalm 3 Everybody, let's do Psalm 3. Now, take this as a prayer. I want you to take this as a prayer. Are we ready? Psalm 63. We are reading from verse 1 to verse 5. It's a prayer. It's not just a a Bible reading. It's a prayer. 1 to let's go. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary. To see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Remember, that's a prayer. You are saying to the Lord, my soul thirsts for you. God, satisfy me with yourself. Now, that's that prayer. Say, Lord, satisfy me with yourself. I'm not saying satisfy me with money. Money will pass away. I'm not saying satisfy me with material things. Satisfy me with yourself, the knowledge of you. I want to shout holy when I see you. I want to shout that holy, the way they were shouting revelation. John saw them when he explained that the holy is a response to the revelation of God. Say, Lord, I want to know you. That's, look, that's what we are looking for. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about these other things. They will be added as you need them. They are not worth pursuing. They are not worth pursuing. Say, ah, in this my life, every decision will be made for the pleasure of God and for the seeking of the knowledge of God. Say, Lord, satisfy me. That's an important prayer. Say, Lord, satisfy me. Satisfy me with the knowledge of you. Ah, it's time we had the important prayer things in our hearts. Say, Lord, satisfy me with the knowledge of you. Satisfy me with the knowledge of you. Satisfy me with the knowledge of you. I want to see your holiness. I want to see your righteousness. I want to see your power demonstrated on the earth. I want to see this earth from above. Now pray that prayer is important. Lord, I want to see it from above. I want to see with the eyes of angels. I want to see with the eyes of the Spirit. I don't want to be carried away by the ephemeral things, things that are not real in this life. God, take me into the deep realms. Take me into the realm of the Spirit. Let me mind the things that are above alone. In the name of Jesus, let me see this earth for what it really is. Let me see this earth for really for what it really is. A place where I demonstrate the righteousness of God. A place where I do the will of God. But in itself, a place that is passing away. A place that is passing away. Let me not build my tabernacle on this earth as if I will not live here one day. As if this earth will not melt. But Lord, let me see this earth for what it really is. In the name of Jesus, satisfy me, Father, with the knowledge of you. Satisfy me with the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my heart. Let me see the things that are real. Open my eyes to see Jesus. Open my eyes to see Jesus. Open my eyes to see him in the scriptures. Open my eyes to see the plan of God in this life. Let me see the plan of God in the destiny of nations. Let me see the plan of God around me. Let me see the righteousness of God being executed. Help me understand. Help me understand. I will see things going on around. Let me not judge like the people of the world. Let me not judge after the sin of my eyes. Lord, let me not judge after the hearing of my ears. Let me judge with knowledge. Help me to judge with righteousness. Help me to judge with understanding. You know, the angel came to Daniel. He said, "I have come to give you skill and understanding." Oh, those words are powerful. Say, Lord, give me skill, give me understanding. What was he talking about? Daniel was not a cover. Daniel was not a tailor. Daniel was a man of understanding. He said, "Let me give you skill—that is the ability to decode, ability to see what common people are seeing, but you see spiritual truths in them." Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, give me skill. Give me understanding. Let me see you in every aspect of my life. Let me see you in every event around me, Lord. That is my desire this year: to walk in the realm of the spirit, to be spiritually minded, to be not to not be carnally minded, to be spiritually minded, to see even the trials of my life as working patience. James said, "Beloved, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials." Because the trial of your faith is working patience. Lord, help me to see. Even if I'm the pit, in the pit right now, and my name is Joseph, let me know that God is taking me somewhere where I will work for him, where his purpose will be fulfilled. That is my prayer. That is my prayer, Lord. That is my prayer. Ah, brethren, let us pray. Pray and say, Lord, my soul longs for you. My soul longs for you. Ah, it's not, I understand. When Paul was talking about you no know, struggling, I still want to be unclothed. That is, this physical life is choking. This flesh is choking. It's restrictive. It's is, is hindering. Paul said that is why inside us, we have this desire. It's not as if we want to be unclothed, but we want to be clothed with a body that is eternal. Say, Lord, that kind of desire... It comes out of understanding. It's out of what Paul had seen. Say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to have that kind of understanding. So that material things can hold me. Satan only has power in this material realm. This is where he has power. Using material things to hold people. I want to be able to say like Jesus. The prince of this world is coming. But he has nothing in me. Say, Lord, satisfy me with the knowledge of you. Satisfy me with the knowledge of you. Say, Lord, satisfy me with the knowledge of you. Father, we give you thanks. Father, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's open this Bible, those two portions of the Bible, let's read them again. They we'll make our declaration again, and then we'll close with those things. Colossians chapter 1. I don't know about you, me, I'm tired of walking like common men. And we start, look, we're going to talk about it. Watch the way you talk. When you are analyzing things, speak You know, the the, 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 the Hebrews were taught, the Jews were taught by God how to talk. And even if a man shoots a gun by accident, somebody dies, they will say, and the Lord delivered him into his hand. (laughs) It's an accident. The example I give all the time, Saul, Ahab, those two. Saul went to battle, tactical error, he got injured, pulled out of the battle, you know, then fell upon his sword and he died. And, they, and when the priests were going to write, say, Saul died for the trespass he committed against the Lord, Ahab went to battle. Before that, a prophet. I told you, look, that's why I like the ministry of prophets. They let you see things on the realm of the spirit. Like we said the other time, I was listening to it today. They said, "There's trouble, there's trouble." Eh? God said, "Each generation has a house to build. You guys are not building the house I told you to build." Therefore, I have called for farming upon the land. That's how they understood it. So each time a generation is having a like a country like ours, the church you ask, what are we supposed to be doing? If we do what we are supposed to be doing, the problem in the country will solve itself. That's how it works. So the prophet saw it ahead of time, Micaiah. And saw he saw everything. He saw God sitting on his throne and asking, who will entice Ahab? So go to Ramos Gilead that he might fall there. And then you know the rest of the story. And then Ahab got angry. Eh, He doesn't prophesy what was good about me. Relax. He got to battle The man that killed Ahab, how many years later now? Is this 4,000 years later? I don't know how many years since then. Does not know till now that he's the one that killed Ahab. Because what happened, they were just shooting. you know. The enemies on the other side, they were just shooting at random. At random, he fired an arrow into the sky. And the arrow fell and hit Ahab. In just the gap between the shoulder armor and the body armor. And Ahab died. He died by accident, it appears like. But no, before that, a prophet had seen that God had determined that Ahab should die in Ramos Gilead. And he died according to the purpose of God. Listen, let's start from there. Let's learn to understand life. He said, by faith we understand. That is, without faith we have no understanding. When you want to judge the affairs of this country, don't judge like common men. Don't judge like ordinary people. Please, don't get into, you know, argument like ordinary people. The reason why we are here is because of the British, I said, nonsense. If the, British, if the British did not come Go to the places where they didn't come You will see trouble There are parts of this country They did not get to When we found them, they were wearing bante You know what they call bante? Loin Not a complete one no. Those half that just drop in front Boy, bo- Boys are already sagging They never see trousers <laughs> Did the British get there? Why did the people not develop themselves? I The British man, the British, they are not the reason, they are not the reason why you are where you are. Trust me. In fact, thank God that they came. And they will come for Bible study wearing clothes. <laughs> if not, if, if nothing else, the Lord is good. <laughs> And some of the iniquities that we have not—I don't want to start teaching that one now. Let me say this one to you briefly. We'll read our scripture, and then we'll go. You know, Pastor Craig was here the other day. How many of you remember? Remember when he was here? remember one of things he said? He said that they said he's not predominantly Muslim. He said it's not so. That now he's been to being made a great for some time now, and that he can tell you authoritatively that they are not. He said that you know the problem. That the so-called Christians there are Burukutu Christians. That's what he said. Then one of my, man of God came to my house about two weeks ago. And without knowing Pastor Courage no, personally, without being a witness to that experience here, we had here, he said, man of God, you know what happens? He said, the cities in the north, they are dominated by Muslims. He said, but the rural areas, they are mostly not Muslims. They are what we call Christians. The reason why I said it like that, For many of them are not born again Christian, you understand? But they're just Christians, you know. He said, but you know the problem? He said, they are drunken Christians. He used, that is, Pastor Corey said what? He said, they are drunken Christians. When he finished analyzing some things for me, I said, then I understand the spiritual again. Christian power is always from above. And what they need to do is repent of drunkenness. You see the Bible is saying, do not be drunk with wine. As I let them repent of drunkenness and idolatry and immorality, all their problems with Islam will disappear. Because if you look in that area, God will show you that the Muslim is better than them, morally speaking. Yes, yes, that's a matter of fact. I know people in the... Last time I was in Kaduna, the person, my host, they stayed in northern Kaduna, that's the Muslim area. His mother said she cannot stay in southern Kaduna. That if you park your car, they will break the door and steal something. He said, if you go to church, before you come home, back from church, they've broken into your home. He said, the safest place to stay in the, in the in Kaduna is Northern Kaduna. There was a time they said that they should divide the state. He said, he made up his mind that, as the son, that's my host said that, forget that thing. That if they divide, that they are going to stay with the north, that they can't live with these southern people. But we down here, we are saying that uh, those are the Christians, they're living down there and say, oh boy. No, some of the things are observing that's what's going on, but we don't know all of these things. We have to learn to see from where? Above, from the spiritual. Let's read these two scriptures. Colossians chapter 1. Remember, is a prayer. From verse 9, Paul said, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let me just stop there. All right, okay, let's just read the next line. Strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Quickly, Ephesians chapter 1. We read these two, and then we, we declare... We'll take our declaration, and then we'll close. Let's read from verse um, 15. He said, For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom, And of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. I will stop reading here so as to save our time. But notice something here. Paul, his focus in his prayer was for people to have revelation. To have knowledge of God. And the knowledge of Christ—that was the focus. He knew that. And listen, I said it before, knowledge in spiritual things is is not intellectual information. In spiritual things, knowledge is what power. power. Knowledge is what power. power. Knowledge is what power. power. It's not intellectual information. When we're young, those they used to say something. You know, in the normal, you know, uh, Yoruba incantations, they say, "Look, that if you know the name, that uh, let me give an example now." As soon a door is locked, they will tell that the problem is that you don't know the name the door is called. That if you know the name this door is called, it will open for you. And they were speaking out of spiritual understanding. So, so a door is closed against you. They said the problem is the knowledge of its name. That if you know its name, you will speak its name to it to respond to you. In spiritual things, knowledge is power. That's why Jesus said you will know the truth. That knowledge, you are free. That's why my children have never heard people pray prayer pray, uh, which which will not get me enemy. No, anytime my children I pray, they uh, were praying in the morning. This morning, she came to my mind. I felt like laughing. I said, if I take these children to another person's house, they are going to get confused though in some people's homes, because they have never had any power fighting our destiny, die by fire. They've never had it. Our prayer point this morning is that we we are studying from uh, Proverbs, and we explained that wisdom is the key. And we talked about wisdom. So the prayer point for this morning was what? God give us wisdom. We prayed like Solomon. Yesterday, the earlier part, we talked about the fear of God. What does it mean to fear God? So what's our prayer point for today? That yesterday morning? So our prayer point is what? God, give me the fear of you. Each person pray. We have never said, the enemies that want to destroy me. Ah, die by fire. He said, I don't have enemies. I don't know. It's their own problem. It's not my problem. God says, all I need to do is make sure my way is pleasing to Him. He will make them to be at peace with me. Now, then get problem. Not be me. Knowledge is what? Power. power. It's power. I told you, a bat just showed up in the room. In Africa. If that bat wanted to show up in peace, you'd have gone to Australia to show up. You don't come to an African man's house and show up. But it didn't cross my mind that it was a problem. We caught the bat and threw it away. Why? I know something. I know. And this man told us something, uh, Neville Johnson. Neville Johnson said, people ask him, can demons read your mind? You know what he said? He said, they don't have to. He said, they don't have to read your mind. That your thoughts radiate as colors out of your being. That they can smell the fear, they can see the fear, it radiates. He said, they don't have to read your mind. Mind reading there, he says it's unnecessary. He said, if you have ever taken a glimpse into the realm of the spirit, you see a realm full of colors. You no, know, the way we think about it is black and white. No, th- no, just about, you know, just assume that if you see angels now, it has to be black or white. <laughs> Never just said no. If you change your thoughts, your color changes. He said the rays coming out of you. People are like, you know. They are, each person is lum- you know, luminous you are, radi- you are radiating something that if you are full of spiritual power it's radiating if you are full of the knowledge of God it's radiating so the demons know where to go they know those who are waiting for every power trying to destroy their destiny they come there and say look you want your destiny let start fighting some people are exhausted every day getting involved in battles that are unnecessary because the demons say man this guy won't fight me go fight <laughs> they know they can't win but the fight is fun So we're giving you testimonies. I know that the spirits, they come at 11. We battle them till 3 a.m. every day. They don't know that the spirits come because they know you are waiting. So they sleep in the afternoon. That is the spirits. and they wake up (laughs) at 11 o'clock. What am I trying to emphasize? Knowledge is what? Power. It's spiritual power. It's spiritual power. So that's why Paul prayed that we'll be filled with the knowledge of his will. Let's declare again. Say, now I declare. Everybody go. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of of Him. And I've been filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why we declare that all the time. Because becoming like Jesus, Paul said, that is the most important thing in the realm of the spirit. Let's give a Lord thanks for today. Say, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. For your word is real. Lord, we thank you. For your word is real. Lord, we thank you. For your word is real to us. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you for freedom that comes by reason of the knowledge of truth. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for today. As your people who depart from here, Lord, goodness will go with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone, as you are living, the knowledge of God will overshadow you. This year, that's been our prayer. Spiritual things will be real to you. Amen. You will not walk as one tied to the flesh. Amen. But you will walk as a true child of God, born of the Spirit, knowing the mind of God, seeing things from above. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's well with you. Amen. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Are we ready? Want to let's go because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the Amen. name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless the people around you quickly. This is your season of multiplication, dominion and manifestation. Two more people. One more person. Some dominion and manifestation. Now before you give one to yourself, eh? remember manifestation means that you will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Next time you hear somebody seeking you, they travel there and go and pray. I hope you are getting my point. You are a winner, not a loser. You are the head and not the tail. You are a carrier of God's power. You are not running from the devil. Do you get my point? I hope you all went home for Christmas, not afraid of one witch in the village. I hope you delivered the witches that were there with your gifts. I'm not so good as I cast you out. Some of those cast out my fear. Go there, give the woman money. She's no longer a witch. Once she spends your money, the witching power has disappeared. So manifestation means what? you will manifest the power of God. You will be a giver to somebody. I hope you're getting my point. Your presence will be a blessing. That's what we are saying. So give unto yourself. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. brethren.